0: This episode is a long overdue catch-up with the four-time Bathurst winner Greg Murphy. The first instalment is actually way back in the Rusty's Garage Library when we first launched in fact. You can search for that later and enjoy it or maybe even refresh your memory on some of the poignant moments in his career. Much has happened since then for Murph so this is timely. He and I worked together for many years on the supercars coverage in Pit Lane and now we are more or less neighbours, not quite over the fence from each other but not far away. So I dropped round for a coffee and away we went. The rapport beams through this conversation as does a similar sense of humour. His dog is hanging around with us and you might even hear a pesty summer fly too. Sorry about that. Huge thanks to those of you who sent in questions for Mur via social media. I didn't get to all of them but where there was a reoccurring theme we certainly tried to tackle it. For those I didn't get to don't worry, we're going to do a Christmas Facebook Live. What has jokingly among our colleagues become known as the Grig and Grig Show and I'll put those to him then. Keep an eye out for it. There's lots of variety in this Discussion from his awesome Dodge Charger Resto project, which is finally finished and he's hoping to enjoy driving it over summer, to the work he now does for Tony Quinn's race circuits here in New Zealand and the foundation which he's immersed in. Some of the rare race cars he's now entrusted to drive, like the Ford Sierra. Yes, a Ford that really marked the start of his touring car racing chapter to a TV yarn recently in the Yardley McLaren once raced by the late Denny Holm. He is passionately working on trying to improve road safety and is frustrated, as you'll hear, by the lack of government action, plus a whole lot more. We begin by unpacking his wildcard drive at Bathurst recently with Richie Stanaway. For all sorts of reasons, this was a bit of a fairy tale. You get a sense that it finally gave Murph a proper sign-off or farewell to a circuit that he's very closely linked to, something that he didn't get to do when he stopped racing supercars and doing the Enduros around eight years ago. Listen out for a moment of reflection during his final ever stint. From the Bathurst Drivers Parade to Richie earning a spot in the shootout and Murph doing his fastest ever lap there. Can you believe it? A 2.05 some 19 years on from the famed Lap of the Gods. We begin... With the way he learned his friend and long-time supporter, Peter Adderton, was planning this wild card. Well, it was basically Pete putting it out there that the program was on. When did the notion of doing the wildcard at Bathurst come up? How did that conversation happen? What did Pete say to you about, and when did that all start?
1: Oh, that... that well, it didn't start with a conversation. It started with. Um, you're in. No, no, with, a, with his. <laughs> one of his inf- no, infamous Instagram oh, yes, post. Infamous. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, yeah, I got um, shown the post by, I think it was Cormac, my son. He's like, oh, Pete says you're doing it. Doing well, oh, whatever he said, I can't really quite remember. I mean, it was the suggestion at that stage. You know, Pete reckons you should do a wild card at Bathurst. You know, with Richie, I'm like, what? Oh God, what's he up to now? Anyway, were we were we in COVID at that stage? Or uh, were, so we, so so we're talking. What are we? Uh, was it like April? Oh, you could probably find it on his on his Instagram. Instagram. Um, yeah. I think it was like April 2012 Twenty twenty one, yeah, twenty one. God, yep. it's hard to keep up, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was April twenty one, something like that. He he um he put it up, and mm. um and then it all just went from there. But I mean, effectively, you know, uh, I was I, there was not something I was mm. contemplating or or in any way, shape, or form prepared to even consider. Mm. And and actually, Richie was the same at that time. He wasn't um. He wasn't, he had, no one had heard from him, right? So Mm. he was still flying under the radar big time. Um, I hadn't spoken to him since the, you know, end of the 19 championship and not many people had. So he he was um, very much still, um, yeah, undercover at that point. Um, So did he get enthused and then that made you feel like, well, I'd like to help this guy? No, no, he (laughs) didn't get enthused. So we we effectively, uh, the two of us had a, um, I, I ended up ringing him. Um, Pete does a lot of posts. You're scrolling here trying to look oh, for an you It's a long way back. <laughs> it, I don't. He does a lot of posts. So, I mean, who knows when it was? To be mm. honest, um, I can't even find it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, so then the you know so the phone rings and it's Peter and I didn't even answer the first call because I knew what it was about. I was just like, oh, I'm not even going to deal with this. Um, and then he rang again. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, so I better answer the phone. And he's like, Oh, I'm like, I said, No. Basically, I answered the phone and said, No. And he's like, Oh, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. And then, you know, he did his full sales pitch, which, um, you know, if, well, if you're an Eskimo, you'd buy ice off him kind of deal, you know. Um, so I was like, No, nah, mate, this is it's ridiculous. And I said, Have you, anyway, have you spoken to Richie? He goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, he's, he's keen. I'm like, Nah, I don't think that's. Um, you know, telling mm. the truth, and uh, you know, think about it. Think about it. I was, oh, no, nah, nah, I'm not thinking about. It's it. so not happening. Anyway, I got off the phone and I rang Richie. Hey, how you going, mate? What's going on? I said, has Peter spoken to you? And he goes, um, he goes. Oh, I've had a message from him. So straight away, obviously, he hadn't hadn't had a conversation mm. where he said he was keen. Yeah. You know, in any way, shape, or form. So um, yeah, Pete was doing the doing the power play both ways. Um, and he had had a message, and he hadn't spoken to him. I said, "Oh well, just um, be prepared for the onslaught." And he go, and then Richie was like, "Well, would you look at doing it?" I said, "Nah, I, I, nah, not a chance." And he's like, "Oh no, no, that's fine now. No, I'm not really, I'm not interested either." And then, and then, um, yeah, October this year we did baths together. <laughs> I know. So what changed? What? What? uh We both actually sort of then. Um, just sat and and looked at the the whole idea and 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 we both actually came and and I could tell that Richie was was actually in a in a pretty good space, you know. Um, and we had a good, good conversation. How you going? What's going on? He's really good. Yeah, blah blah blah. And then it just evolved, and and then the both of us sort of went, oh well, you know what. What would be so bad about it? I mean, what an amazing opportunity! What an opportunity! And, and then I, I just sort of started to think about uh, what we could do and and what would it, what it mean for Richie. And then and that sort of became the the impetus of the whole thing for me was, you know, getting Stanaway back in a car. And you know, it's like, well, I mean, it's a goal that I could set, I suppose. And I mean, I, I struggled with it for a long time, just being a bit worried about you know getting back in a supercar to actually compete and and be somewhat kind of respectable mm. you know? Uh, because of my the biggest cars, Because of the level of competition and you know, all like those things. Everything mm. and just mm. and just the, the capacity that's required to actually put into, you know, driving a supercar, mm. regardless of doing it at Bathurst. Mm. And um and and then again that preparation and mental preparation, the physical preparation one, which, you know, um I'm really happy with myself that I did do all the, the physical stuff, mm-hmm. but it's it's just that mental side of it too. You know, getting your, your head back in that space of that competitive mode. I mean, you, it's always there; it doesn't go anywhere. But but being able to apply and 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 the the, the, the effort that's required mentally to to be competitive and, and apply yourself and and focus and you know. Um, you know, it worried me doing a double stint. You know, I was really you know I was like, holy man, that's gonna be a tough, tough ass doing a double stint at Bathurst and not making a mistake. You know, my last couple of runs there weren't weren't exactly memorable. Um, the last one was, wasn't memorable be- it was me- wasn't memorable because of um, issues and problems that James Courtney and I had had, but the year before, you know, I stuck it in the fence. I mean it was just a, a real horrible, horrible thing to happen. Did it knock you around that? Just- oh, it just knocked me around in that I was just so um, Angry and disappointed, and 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 myself, and 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 that car, and the and the preparation for that race too. You know, just limited preparation in thirteen, not driving the car enough, not spending enough time. You know, in the seat. You know, the the way the rules and rigs were back then. You know, no tires. You couldn't. You know, all you had was old tires to go testing on. And we went to Winton a few times, and it, and it, it just. I was much better prepared going to Bathurst this year than what I was going to Bathurst in 2013 um and also I think because i had been driving doing some more driving some GT stuff and bits and pieces through the last year or so as well with Shane Helms in the Renault and and um could you put the fun factor back into it? Maybe
0: with some of that, you know, like oh, just- definitely.
1: All that stuff's just fun. I do that because I enjoy it. I don't have to do it. Um, you know, I do it because I enjoy the company of the people that I do it with. I enjoy driving the car. It's good fun, and um, you know, this we we have a few laughs, and it's and it's no stress. Absolutely zero stress. So that is fun, but but you know that kind of thing driving a GT car at some of the circuits around New Zealand and spending an hour and hour and a half, hour forty, hour fifty in the car in one go was is good prep. You know, um, it's just like doing mini enduros. Um, so that that kind of stuff and the concentration side, the mental side, all that really did help my lead up this year to to racing because I got to got to actually um, focus on trying to drive a, a fast car fast for a long period of time, I don't, I don't doubt at all that that was good, you know, very handy prep along with everything else. We had a little false
0: start, didn't we, because um, yeah, totally. 2021 was meant to be the the year that it happened. I freakishly got bloody quarantine. You couldn't get it, and neither could Richie. I mean, they were just the challenges that everyone was facing at that stage. Did Was there a point there where it was like, okay, it didn't happen in 2021, we'll extend it to 2022 or was that was there uh you know you may not go ahead with the wild card this year was there a period well, at the beginning of the year
1: yeah definitely well it was, it, but that whole thing was incredibly stressful hmm. the, the end of 21 hmm. dealing with all that and the pressure and and you know we were you know dealing with um, obviously the the ridiculous miQ situation which you had to go through uh several times and deal with the you know this lottery system and we look back on that now and just go what, what were hmm. we doing doing mm. seriously mm. i mean what a what an absolute shocker of a system and an idea that that whole thing was and that was all part of you know um this this period of time that we were trying Bethis got to you know covid was still happening in australia so it got delayed and was put into december and it gave us more time and all that just kept building and building and building um in a real negative way, because our preparation was was terrible, you know we hadn't driven a ca- car driven a car mm. Mm. so um you know it was it was uh, it was tougher on Richie and I, and this that whole the planning and and just the constant toing and froing and stuff it was it was um it, it actually started to get me quite depressed actually um through that period, so I was actually quite glad that um. You know, I was really happy that it got pulled, that the pin got pulled. I wasn't happy about the fact that the wild card was potentially done and dusted, um, but I was, I was, uh, I was happy that it didn't happen because it was just gonna, it was just gonna be a waste of everyone's time and effort and money. Um, and we pressed it, got it pressed on for too long. Mm-hmm. the the thought that it was going something was going to happen and we were going to get last um, minute Larry and stuff, changes mm-hmm. to the government's mm-hmm. bloody you know regulations all that kind of stuff but it was actually getting quite depressing so it was the best thing that happened was that it got turned off um, for those reasons but we were uncertain about you know what the future meant for the the concept and if it would happen again but we just everyone agreed it was the best thing to do um, we'd run out of time. So let's reconvene in 22 and just just see what the go is. And and, and, and it got resurrected reasonably early. Um, the You know, everyone, you know, Erebus and the, and the crew and, and everyone there was wanting to make it happen. follow through and mm-hmm. make it happen because they'd, they'd put a lot of effort in, obviously, into preparing a car and building a car. And it was, you know, there was a lot of excitement around it. So it would have been a waste not to have continued. And anyway, it... um it all fell into place and fell into place much better and we actually did everything we needed to do you know the testing all the other stuff associated we were able to celebrate it we were able to promote it we were able to you know um, do things with the fans and and, 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 you know give it the um, you know the everything it deserved the recognition and, and the time that it deserved yeah. we, had a, we had a great
0: time with the training at EIT with Roy Hafner and some of the, the crew over there who actually came to Bathurst with yep. you and got to experience it which was great so the build-up was was awesome what was it like when you got in the car for the first time at Winton and what feeling did it leave you with because it had been a
1: while yeah there was it was actually quite nerve-wracking you know um uh, doing that first run, I mean, that was going to be a, a mentally a significant moment, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you you come away from the first test and, you know, it's been a struggle and, and, you're, and you've got more questions than you've got answers for and, and stuff, then it was going to be like, I was worried about that. I was worried that that was going to be the way I felt at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But I came away at the end of it actually pretty comfortable and actually um, – you know, with, with a lot to think about to move forward, to be able to move forward as far as um, speed and stuff goes, but but quite comfortable in the car, able to be quite consistent. You know, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. I mean, I wasn't on anywhere near Richie's pace, but but I felt for where I was at and what I, you know, um, had been doing and and the length of time i have been away from the game, I actually was, was pretty happy. Mm. So that, that actually was like a big, you know... S- relief, sigh of relief, and um then I actually became, you know, quite excited about, you know, the next time getting in the car. Excellent. And so that was that was good. And then, you know, the next test uh made some more progress and it just, you know, felt a bit better and you had time in between yeah, to sort of yeah, reset and, it. And and yeah. you, and you don't even, sometimes you just you just need that time and and naturally or subliminally things you know evolve and you you understand now so you've got an understanding now what the car is like so when you turn up next time you, you go back to that that point straight away that's your new baseline right oh, cool. and that and and then you move forward again from that point and that happened for the for all the tests and and the beauty between it was that Richie and I were in the same seat we we're both comfortable in the car you know the car was inspiring to drive as in you you know oh, cool. you, you 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 there was never a moment where you were struggling or fighting fighting it and um and and knowing that all I needed to do was just keep improving the driving side of things and and leave any other bits and pieces to to really richie to work on as far as setup goes and, and and again feedback wise we were we were very similar and and you know um there was a lot of simplicity around it no you know didn't need a separate seat insert didn't mm. you know pedals were in the right spot we both left foot braked which um which made it easier to just I don't know it's weird I get in a supercar and I have to left foot brake but I drive a a, a gt car using my right foot to brake um it's bizarre i don't know but we're both very comfortable left foot braking a supercar super and it has its benefits but it also has its negatives um but um it worked for both of us and, and so the car the way it was set up pedals wise all that kind of stuff was was very easy and simple and and work for both so you know there was some real real synergies there that um that made a big difference and sped up the process you said before you were you were keen to champion that whole thing of, of Richie and maybe getting
0: another go and and so on was he immediately quick where you were reminded
1: straight away about you know what a talent he is yeah it, it, it just solidified it straight away you know he um, he got in the car and and you know the team and the crew were like mm, yeah it's not it's not been too difficult for him has it mm-hmm. so yeah he just um, he what was a like crime a, That's been a, on the sidelines He, side was, lines, he was a duck to water It was mm. just duck to water he, he, I mean As soon as he put a race suit in And put his helmet on I mean he had not put a helmet Or a race suit on Since the end of 2019 Unbelievable. You know And he put it on again This year The first time And just Just like Yeah Just clicked back into Where it, Where he should have been You know And it was just It proved to everybody And um, not that it needed proving, but it just—it just, it just you know, say, solidified the fact that he's a race car driver, and that's where that's his natural habitat.
0: Good, good headspace for him too, because he he wasn't coming
1: in to sort of prove anything. Oh, great or headspace! It. Yeah, mm. no, he, he had, he, you know, we'd had great conversations, and it started in twenty uh, twenty one when we started the process through our uh, going and announcing and launching the program or mm. launching the wildcard. You know, conversations have been. Very positive, and it was just awesome to listen to um, someone who'd who'd realised a whole lot of things and had managed to to actually un, unpackage so much of the you know, of the issues and the problems and the things that were affecting him, and he'd, he'd, he'd worked it out, and in he'd one hundred percent worked it out, and so his mind was clear. It was it was um, it was amazing because you know sometimes people don't recover from those. Those situations, you know, and he was in a serious situation at the end of '19 through just a whole host of negatives that had, you know, forced him into, a, a you know, not a great mental space. And um, he came out the other side of it, and he's just—it was incredibly strong. Um, and it was—it was—it was a great space for him to be in um, with not having any pressure. He didn't, you know, he—he all—he set personal goals. And I, I think he was achieving all of them. Well, he he surpassed probably some, um, but his his uh, the mental um, power was is it was a yeah massive strength. You know, um, he um, he. Didn't yeah? He was doing it for the right reasons. He was doing it for his reasons and his reasons only. And if and whatever, and whatever might come from that, if something good comes from that, uh, you know, if there's an opportunity or whatever, then so be it. But if it didn't, this was going to be a much better way to to sign off from being a race car driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, but fingers crossed, and that you know, and I'm pretty sure things will there'll be some things that come that give him the opportunity to actually showcase those skills we saw again. Um, even more so, Good. maybe. Good, He deserves mm. it. He does. A, and a, a race like that is the sum of many parts. Your, yep. your
0: training, your testing, um, the fact that you so seamlessly, you know, worked well together from a, a feedback point of view. No seat insert needed, as you, as you said. But for me, looking on the outside in, a little bit of fairy tale in that too. I mean, what a fantastic culmination of things, you know, probably your last Bathurst 1000, bringing Richie back um, – the week went unbelievably well for you, mate. I mean, two o five fastest ever lap around the mountain
1: that you've done. Awesome, Just yeah. Awesome. Uh, there was there was a lots of lots of box ticking, um, that um, yeah that that went a little bit fairy tale in our in our way because uh, these, these things can quite easily go the other way, way. can't mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you think did you think for example when Will Brown and Frosty had that? Incident at Pukekohe Was it in jeopardy then? Were, 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 well I think it was I mean mm. it, there was There was definitely question marks I mean it was genuine It wasn't We weren't went playing up to that I mean I, I saw the crash And it was like Holy and, and then had a look at the car And you know The Erebus boys Were, were getting, having a good look over it While it was sitting in the garage there mm. um, uh, At Puke And it's like Far out That's um, Heavy That's mm. significant I mean, And it was really You know just about everything can be fixed, but it, it's the it's the timelines. Mm. You know, the timelines were so tight, and we were they're in another country. You know, the, everything had to be flown back to Australia, which was you know luckily all that went to plan. Um, and then um, the crew got to work. So, but you know, it needed to be the car needed to be delivered to you know um, Erebus's fabrication shop and and be analysed and and um, um, evaluated. Before you know, really they knew, but man, they got into it and um, they just uh, just nailed it, absolutely smashed it out of the park. So, listen, I think there was some jeopardy. Fortunately, it didn't it didn't get to the point where there had to be a, a plan B, you know, sorted in a short period of time. So, um, so it was yeah a little bit nerve wracking there for a little while. What did you walk away with on the Monday?
0: I mean, you had all your family there to see it, which I think is awesome. Um, you know, rock solid result for you um great for Richie what what did you when you drove back from the mountain on Monday what did you talk about
1: yeah um not a lot <laughs> <laughs> were you wounded or you just tired no I definitely weren't wounded <laughs> mentally mentally wounded it was you know it was, it was just a massive massive uh week really and it happens every time at this you know you um you know if you don't have success that forces you into going and um feeling like uh Rubbish on Monday morning because of uh, certain alcohol intake. Then, then it's just the mental come down of it all, you know. And it is a big come down. I mean, the adrenaline's huge, and and that was it. It was just that whole experience that week, you know, turning up, uh, driving up there on Tuesday, um, being able to uh, talk our way onto the circuit to <laughs> do the traditional. You know kind of lap as soon as you arrive and we didn't get to do the full lap because there was work going on but we managed to drive to the top of the mountain and and just start to you know take in the, the atmosphere at that point it wasn't um, pissing with rain um and and you know just start to you know feel it and actually um pinch yourself that it was actually happening kind of thing you know because it's still it was the whole idea was a bit surreal really um, so, you know, that was critical that important. And then the Wednesday, you know you, you go and do the driver parade again Eight years since you, you know You've done the, dri- I've mm. done the driver parade And you're like, wow And it was like, it was it was almost like going back to doing it the first time Mega um, Even the guy that that yelled out in the crowd Driving up the main street of Bathurst Murph, um, where's your fucking wheelchair? <laughs> even that was, that wouldn't have Once upon a time that wouldn't have been funny But it was funny this time, um, so that was good. And um, and then you know even the to you know, doing the autograph session, you know after to be completely honest, after so many years of driving, you know autograph sessions become become pretty hard to handle. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to be a part of that one again. You know it's um, and the people and the fans that only need to start. It was a reminder again. It was a a, a real reminder of of the um, of how incredible the the fans are you know they are incredibly passionate and they stand there in the pissing rain for I don't know how long a couple of hours waiting for us numbnuts to Mm. scribble on their their posters and their merchandise and it's uh, so you know all that stuff you've taken for granted for so long I got to experience it again and understand you know just how special it actually is so those things were really cool and you know then to be able to go and you know get in the car and actually feel pretty comfortable and and you know I remember you know, I was coming towards the end of my, my last stint on Sunday afternoon, you know, and, um, you know, I, I took a, a moment there to reflect on, you know, the sun was out at that point and, you, you know, across the top of the mountain, and you can see the colour, all the colour on the right-hand side from all, all the fans and the flags and the people and like, you see the colour and and, you know, that was a moment to reflect and go, holy moly, man, this is incredible. Mm. This really is absolutely incredible. Here I am driving a supercar again at 50 years of age. Across the top of the mountain at Bathurst, and it's like, it's, uh, it, yeah. There's not many better things that happen mm. uh, in in your life than, than this. And um, you know, I really did uh, feel very privileged to have that opportunity, and and, and the fact that I had enjoyed it, mm. you know, and it hadn't been, it hadn't been miserable, and it hadn't been, you know, things happened during the race, and you know, bits and pieces, but that's all part of it. None of it matters. Um, um, so I actually got a moment to really actually reflect on that and it was, um, yeah, it was, it, was an, it was an amazing, amazing thing and I, mean, I just, I'm very thankful to, you know, uh, really at the end of it all as much as, um, I probably don't want to admit it, but thankful to Pete for, for having his you know, weird and wacky idea.
0: OK, does anyone else have goosebumps? This chat with Rusty and Murphy is flowing, so let's keep it moving. A couple to finish this this little chapter. Shane Drake reminded me recently when I caught up with him, well-known Kiwi chicane race where racer himself. Just about some of the um, uh, the sacrifice right that that you made as a young race. So going off with your your dad, no money. I think you might have been washing cars during the week to try and help raise money for karting and things. I think your dad had a Sigma back then or something, didn't he, when you were?
1: (laughs) Cool Cool car. Company car.
0: In that that period of reflection across the top of the mountain, did you pause to sort of think far out for the the bloke from Hawke's Bay that didn't have a huge amount of cash in the back pocket to, you know, go motor racing when it all started?
1: No, not really. I I think um, that's happened in the past. But, you know, there's been so much water under the bridge. I think I've sort of moved on from that. It was more about – it was more – about the the fact that you know I, i've I finished up in fourteen um, you know the last few years of my career were pretty pretty average pretty lackluster um, uh, certainly my last couple of full time years were a bit average I mean we did finish third in in two thousand and eleven um, at, at uh, Kelly racing there but um, really there was very few and far between results and um, you know, and, and my my full time career sort of finished on a on a pretty big low, and I just sort of disappeared, and and then you know went back and did the enduros with with um, HRT for a couple of years with with you know pretty limited kind of success. You know, so it, I think it was more about um, that felt better, a nicer send off. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But a it, it complete and the, and the beauty of it was it was totally unexpected, totally out of left field, and and it actually went. Pretty well it, did. or it didn't go pretty well It mm. went It went incredibly well mm. um, You know Finish 11th Or 10th Or 8th Or whatever It doesn't You know It didn't matter I mean I, I think I said After seeing Richie Do what he did in qualifying I And mean, Pete was the same You know and, the, and to be in the shootout Unfortunately didn't get to happen But we're in the shootout I mean We'd already achieved A lot more than Than most of us I think Richie You know He had more to want to do Just because he He um he wanted to be back there doing, doing, doing everything and doing it at, at his absolute best. But for the rest of us, I mean, that could have, we could have switched off there and just um, called it quits, you know, and been incredibly happy. So, you know, to actually uh, be there, finish that race—I mean, that was an achievement. Probably one of my bigger achievements, to be honest. Um, that'll um, stick with me versus a whole lot of others that when I was actually racing as a professional.
0: Amazing! Wow.
1: People have asked, in you know, via social media and stuff,
0: about. I mean, you, you're clear. You're not a professional race car driver anymore. That's no. that's clearly the last Bathurst 1000. But. As you reflected before, you've done some GT racing in that cool Renault with Shane Helms. You've even got to race against your son Ronan. Will you still keep doing a little bit of that in in New Zealand? Still keep having a steer every once in a while of something here, even if it's not in a in a supercar?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the plan. Um, I, I do. I, I I enjoy doing that stuff, you know, um, and the historic stuff too. You know, I've had some amazing opportunities. Uh, over the last few years with my good friend Peter Sturgeon and driving yep. some of his, his historic cars, his Group A cars, you know, um, and I, I can't wait, hopefully, um, to get back to Phillip Island for the uh, historic meeting there the beginning of the year. Um, you know, that was actually beginning of 2020, just before hmm. all this COVID crap was we were at we um, went to Phillip Island with his M3, um, and it was one of the best meetings I think I've ever been to. It was just so much fun. And I enjoy doing that, driving some of that that historic stuff. And he's got the you know the peanut slab, um, Sarah Cosworth that I drove at Pukekohe. You know, I just get such a buzz out of doing that stuff these days, and and love those cars, love the era, love the history. So I think there's more of that on the table as well, mm-hmm. which is where I want to be. And and um, you know some of this endurance stuff locally, and and whatever else comes, but it needs to, you know, it needs to fit within that that realm of of just absolute dead set fun and enjoyment I'm glad you bring up the peanut slab car because lots of people have asked about that what sort of memories did that evoke driving that in the support oh. axe at Pukekohe pretty well, cool the fact that it, it um, you know is is so period to what it was um, you know nothing has changed effectively in that car uh, since 1992 um, uh, you know i Drove around Pookie and it was, and it was my first thoughts were like, my God this thing's terrible God it's awful over the bumps it was bloody leaving the ground and the, the steering it's got no power steering and it was just ripping my arms off and I go like, God and then I, and then I went hold on this is exactly what it was like in 1992 <laughs> but because I I was just like this young guy you know like deer in the headlights kind of situation. It was mm. like, uh, you know, you didn't you didn't think about it, you just got on with it because that's what it was. Yeah. But you've driven too many good cars and cars with power steering and cars that are sorted and, and refined since then that um, – you know it, it, uh, it really was a beast But that's what they were like And that's what I love about it You know and I'll, uh, Any opportunity to drive Stuff like that in the future I'll be right into it So It was It was just mega And You know it's Just a You know Real fitting Sort of timing thing totally. again You know mm. It's uh, 30 years 30 years since I'd driven the car Final Pukakaui Final mm. Pukakaui mm. That was the last time I'd You know I did drive the car Was at Pukakaui, Um on the, on the circuit So Yeah Lots of little cool Cool things there That I'm, I'm very thankful for
0: Left hand and drive, I think it's an ex-Gen Franco Brank- Brank- Brankets helicopter. Yeah, yeah. it's not? a Wolf-built, Sarah um, yeah. Cosworth. So, to crank didn't... the boost, how much did you?
1: Oh, listen, <laughs> mate, it's, it's got a it's like it's pretty high-tech. There's a um. There's a rocker switch in the uh, down on the um, I want to say console, it's not even a console, but um, there's a little rocker switch on the on the start panel yeah. and it's um, it's either 400 or 540. So, yeah, you choose. Yeah, you choose. <laughs> I, I was doing, I was I, choose I, I, your own I adventure. warming, I was warming it up on 400 yeah. and um, and then um, I'd flick the switch at the start to to uh to put a bit more boost in and um, and off she goes. But yeah, nice. uh, it was it was wild. Nice. Absolutely wild. Um but it was you know. And and such a neat thing to be a part of, actually at that Pukakoi round too, to actually be driving something and massive and, and, and part and of it all was just mm. was just uh, was just amazing, just great moments that are so significant. Cool. While we're on this
0: thread of of cool cars, you've had the chance to drive in in recent time. You're doing some great stuff with your your good buddy Stephen MacGyver at Sky Speed each week, and and that involves testing some cool things every once in a while or sampling them. A Couple that spring to mind in the in the last couple of years. Capri. Tell us about that
1: baby, it was a Zakspeed Capri, was yeah. yeah. What was um, that thing like? Again, Shane Helms has got that car, um, and it's 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 such a significantly iconic looking car, right? Mm. Just um, you know, anyone that's uh, you know f- has been through following touring car racing, you know, through from you know seventies, eighties, nineties, all that. I mean, this thing is just so such a special thing. So it's uh, yeah, a genuine Zakspeed car, um, and I got to drive it a couple of years ago. Fingers crossed, I get to. Have a drive of it again at some stage We're off to uh, The George Begg Festival down south Next year so that's Excellent. at the end of March And, and I'm I'm, hope, I'm thinking, I think Shane's Going to bring that car down there, it would be a wonderful Place to drive it around, we'll be around Teratonga So yeah. fingers crossed that might happen um, Just glorious, you know you have This perception around, as you say, but like the Slab, mm. I mean it was a late 80s car um, You have this perception about stuff that's Old that it's not Going to be great or it's not going to be good to drive or it's just going to be agricultural and all this kind of stuff and then you drive it and you go you then you reflect and go you know back in the 80s or 70s whatever i mean think what people were doing in the 60s but that was cutting edge then wasn't it and and you go well they were clever they were you know they they were building stuff they had understanding it's not like they were numb nuts building these cars i mean they're, they're clever clever people and you drive it and you go oh my goodness gracious me you know, the, the smarts and the engineering and the way the car felt, I mean, just sublime, just beautifully done. And, and everything works just like it should and like you'd expect it would in a more modern, you know, design mm. vehicle. You know, it's still analogue, which is great. You know, everything's analogue. You know, you know, there's no electronics helping you. There's no, no switches and no paddles on the, you know, for gear mm. shift and, and compressors and hydraulics, and it's all analogue, but just just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous did everything that you expected to do and and um you know just a a, a pleasure but also very on, an honor to drive to drive something like that just just mega let's highlight underscore that word because honor really filters into
0: driving denny holmes machine very recently at uh, at hampton downs yardley mclaren how did that come about? What was that thing like? Um, where, give us a little bit on the, the history of the car, too.
1: I've actually driven it um, before. I drove it a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Uh, it was you know way, pre, way pre-COVID, so maybe three or four years ago, I suppose, um, at Hampton Downs. And um, kindly um, uh, was allowed to do that. Uh, the Gilltrap Group owned that car. Um, you know, preserving a, a very important piece of um, wonderful history and also history with Denny Holm. So a 73 car. Um, it just, yeah, it, it, mate, a DFV, it's got to make a DFV in the in the back of it, for goodness sake. Mm. you know, um, Just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I've, you slide into that tub, I mean it's an aluminium, obviously, um, a tub and everything and Again, it's one of those cars that you you look at and it's everything's so simple really in, in, in its concept, right? So um, uh, and but it's still the p- performance and the way it feels and the way it goes and uh, is is just absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning. and and you know gearbox is just again wonderful, but it was a production standard you know sort of gearbox back then. Um, it, but it, it really, it, it really just is a glow, uh, just glorious to drive, and I feel again uh, one of those things that I'm very privileged uh, to actually have a have a go in because it's um, it's a um, as far as um, you know history goes, it's, it's such an, an important, integral piece of New Zealand of history, piece of be. history. Well, and yeah. also you know, and globally, Denny, yeah. Denny, Denny Holmes, um, you know, and what he what he achieved as as a Formula One driver. Um, yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't massively successful in this car, but um, um, you know, it's uh, it's just a beautiful thing to look at. Mm. And, and you know, I think I, I revved the, the the engine. The DFE had been basically freshly re- rebuilt, and um, uh, it was just it was just stunning. Uh, you stopped
0: yourself. What'd you rev it to?
1: Oh, I got to up to about. Um, uh, what did I get up to, uh, about eight, nine, just under nine grand. And, and obviously they they rev through to um, uh, ten, eight or something I think mm-hmm. is where, where they sort of used to drive them up to. Um, so just, yeah, just, yeah, I, I, again, I, I, that's the kind of thing that I just absolutely love, absolutely love. Um, While you're finding that, give me a sense of, of mindset when you oh, get to – He got, to, he got you go, pole position. Mm-hmm. Uh At the very first race in South Africa, and um, I'm pretty sure this has actually become harder to find than I thought it was. I think he won. I think it was the Swedish Grand Prix. Geez, I'm terrible at remembering some of this stuff. So you know, so that was that was really where the the details of the car were. and what it was about, but um yeah, it's it's lovely that it's been retained here and and um, you know been restored to that that beautiful condition. i've all,
0: I've known you over time with you know some of your associations with with KTM, which you've had for twenty years. I mean amazing period with those guys. you do some stuff with Polaris now as well. But you've got this great sense of get on it, get in it, give it a go, uh, um, you know enjoy it for what it's capable of. But what's the mindset when you get entrusted? With something like that, do you explore it, but with a sense of preservation because it is such a beautiful thing? How do you, how do you, and you know, you're wanting to make sure that shifts are nicely done, and what, what, what do you?
1: Well, yeah, you do, but I mean, the thing about it is, it's you know, I've driven fortunate to drive a lot of race cars over over a long period of time, and 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 you've just got this, um, you know, a, a, a pretty good understanding. I mean, it's a slicks and wing car. Mm. Um, you know it's a H uh, pattern gear shift you know got a heel and toe and the pedals are where they're supposed to be and, and, and so you, you know you understand uh, uh, pretty clearly you know and have a pretty good expectation of what the performance is like, like and what you need mm. to do to drive it so you know um, and it had you know big slick tyres and all that kind of stuff and they were on the, in this case they were new so you knew they were going to be very good brakes everything's new in the car I mean you've got to ensure that you're com- comfortable and confident with the person that's actually prepared these things, things. too. You just mm. want to go dive into something that that's been sitting around for fifteen years, and mm. someone's just given a kick in the tire and put some fuel in and fired her up because you know that's off probably, you go, mate. Off <laughs> you go, mate. So, and especially something that's as, as uh, powerful mm. and is performance orientated, but also this is an inc- incredibly expensive car too. Mm. So, but you know, you 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 never drive these things 10 tenths, um but, you, you know, you want to explore. You want to make sure that, it, you know, you you get a feeling and a vibe for it. And people want to see it done like that too. You know, the Giltrap family wouldn't want me to be tootling around, at, you know, at four-tenths of pace and, and sort of just, um, you know, not actually exploring, you know, not the limits, but exploring something that's that's on its way to a limit, I suppose because nice. they, they, they appreciate that as much as as much as anybody and 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 that's the beauty of it. So you know to be trusted with something like that is also you know I'm obviously pretty lucky.
0: I want to get to a special resto project. when you came on the podcast last time the car was getting ready to be sent to America, it's now come back. We'll talk about the Dodge in a second. I want to just in the little gap here, you made Tim Lay in Orange in New South Wales. Oh, has he secured the old Formula Holden that you had back in the day? Has someone, yes, he tracked, has. someone tracked that down in America, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he did. I tracked the car down. Well, no, I didn't. One of the Formula Holden started to have a bit of a, um, a resurrection in, mm. in, in in Australia, which is awesome. So a few more people. Some cool stuff on Facebook you can yeah, find with those guys. Um, yeah. Uh, and we and that sort of that process started actually when I was over at, at that Phillip Island um, historic meeting in February twenty. 20- <laughs> so you get all fired up 20. about another project. <laughs> oh, no, there was well there's a few wonderful cars there, uh, single seaters, and I got talking to the guys, some of the Formula Holden guys, and um, uh, and then you know, they were talking to me about oh, uh, some of my cars and bits and pieces, and then and then I got sent an email by one of them. Um, uh, Going oh, just FYI, here's your old '92, one of your '92 Reynards, It's in it's in America, um, and I think the guy wants to sell it. Blah blah blah. So I got in contact with the guy, and, and but it was an awesome car. But then I, and I got all excited, and I'm like, God, what am I going to do with that? You know, it's just more money, and and. And it wasn't expensive. The car was, I mean, it was, vi- oh, there was no point in trying to haggle on it because they didn't want a lot of money for it and it had hardly been used since it had gone to America and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I sort of was mucking around and, and then uh, I think someone else found out about it or whatever and then I passed up the opportunity and then it got bought and then, and then yeah, then Tim bought it off. Mm. I think whoever bought that and bought it and it came to Australia. Australia. Uh, to Australia mm. And, and he, had, he had driven that car and, um so it's gone to a really good home. It's awesome that he's he's going to have it. They they were just they were spectacular. They were such good fun. They're mm. amazing chassis. That you know the the nineties Raynards and and that era of F three thousand was a pretty amazing era of, of three thousand. But they built great cars mm. and um, you know fast cars. You know it'd be nice to have a um, a Mugen or or something in the back of it rather than a, a V six Holden. Mm. But um, uh, they were still very quick and, and, you know, lap records around the place. I think there's, maybe I've still got one official, a couple of official ones in New Zealand. And a, Excellent. And I don't know if it was that. No, that car, yeah, that car that Tim's got um, has got a lap record. I think it, I think it still holds at Teratonga, actually, okay. I think. Wow. I think it does. Uh, so anyway, they were, they were fantastic, yeah.
0: fond memories of Murph in a Formula Holden I was pretty green and new to commentary back then, working on the PA at Eastern Creek, trying to learn the craft in the early to mid-90s They were and still are, in my opinion, cool cars. We're not done yet with this next chapter of Rusty's Garage with Greg Murphy. Head back to the library when you're ready and enjoy another instalment, another helping. By request, Murph shares more of the restoration journey of his beautiful 1969 Dodge Charger. From working with the Ring Brothers and doing things by FaceTime and email during COVID as the project ticked along in the United States plus his work around a scholarship program helping the next generation of racers and his doggedly determined bid to change the thinking in government to improve road safety.